Yes, welcome back to another episode of the Make America Garrett Again podcast, your cure for the mainstream media. This show is your safe space to talk about persuasion, politics, and the effect they have on your life and liberty. Welcome back for another episode. Uh, This is probably just going to be another short one. Uh, The wind is blowing like crazy out there, so I'm going to try to get this done as quickly as I can. Hopefully the power doesn't blow out or anything like that. But it is Thanksgiving week, and I wanted to do a a throwback of sorts, because just a couple of years ago, before any of this podcast ever started or anything like that, Colin Kaepernick just just dominated the headlines, and everybody wanted to talk about uh, either what a hero he was or what a clown he was, and um, you know, depending on who you talk to, he was either doing something absolutely amazing or something that was an absolute travesty and just a uh, huge disrespect for the country and the troops and all of that. And honestly, so many of these opinions, um, everybody was a little bit right and everybody was also wrong in a lot of ways. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to jump back to this issue. And even though some people might think that we've already said everything that could possibly be said here, I wanted to talk about that issue. And I also wanted to take just a little bit of the time take just a little bit of time to pick apart why it was such a hot-button issue and and why it unfolded the way it did. And hopefully we can learn a little bit um, moving forward from the things that happened back when this whole thing went down. And the reason it's been in my mind lately was because just a couple of weeks ago, um, the NFL gave Colin Kaepernick another tryout. It's kind of weird. They they threw it on him at the last minute. Like they, I think they called his people on a Tuesday and said that they were going to offer him a tryout on Saturday. And then they thought it was a joke at first. They weren't really sure they wanted to accept. And so they finally accepted and they showed up on Saturday ready for the workout and they NFL the NFL kind of told them, oh, by the way, we're going to be taking care of all the media for this. We're going to be recording, doing the videos and all that, and then we'll distribute the tapes out to the media and out to the teams. We're not going to let the news in. Nobody else is going to be allowed in to record what's happening. So we're going to be taking care of that. And Colin Kaepernick's people thought that that sounded awfully fishy and awfully odd. And so they backed out of that particular event and they held their own workout uh, at a high school field that was like an hour, hour and a half away, something like that. So in that particular instance, um, I, I think the NFL just did a really bad job. If you're trying to prove that you haven't blackballed this guy, that you're not discriminating against him because of his activism, um, then why wouldn't you give him every opportunity to, to show his talent out in front of the world? And so that's slightly unrelated, just kind of the, the latest to unfold in this, but I thought that that was really dumb for the NFL to do, that it seemed very shady on their part, and, and I don't blame Colin Kaepernick's people at all for kind of balking at their opportunity of, of something that didn't quite seem right. But we're not here to talk about the tryout. We're here to talk about the protest, the controversy, that stuff that has everybody on your Facebook feed ready to choke each other. Let's just jump back. A few years ago, I believe it was 2016, if I remember correctly, Colin Kaepernick decides that he is going to start protesting during the national anthem. And uh, the first game or two that he did it, he sat on the bench. Uh, He talked to some veteran or a service member from somewhere and the guy suggested that it would be a better look if he were to go out to the sideline with his team and just to take a knee during the national anthem so he started doing that and started to spread around the league and other players started to do it and um at that point you know donald trump jumps in and and he 
tells the NFL owners and the NFL commissioner that they need to make a rule and they need to find these players and, you know, perhaps they should fire them or whatever. I don't remember all of the details. And at one point, Donald Trump even called them uh, sons of bitches for not standing during our great national anthem. And at that point, uh, the entire Houston Texans team kneeled together during the anthem the next week as a, as a protest to kind of push back against the president because, you know, the president has no business uh, injecting his opinions into a privately owned business that is doing just fine on its own without any of Donald Trump's input. Um, if you remember, there was the USFL, which did take his input. And um, honestly, you probably don't remember them. And that tells you all you need to know about it. That, side note, you can look that up. Uh, Donald Trump almost single-handedly caused the USFL to fold back in the late 80s, I believe. I should have done my research before this, but I just remembered that as I was talking. So, anyway, um, Colin Kaepernick is kneeling during the national anthem, and like I said, you know, he was either a hero or an absolute villain in doing this. And of course, the, the big argument here is not so much that he's protesting or even why he's protesting, but is this an appropriate way to protest? Is it is it okay to not do what everybody else is doing in regards to the flag and to the national anthem? And, you know, on, on one side, you've got conservatives, uh, mostly conservatives, people to the right, who are saying that this is absolutely disrespectful, that we have veterans, we have service members who have bled and died defending that flag. And that that flag represents all the sacrifices that have been made in, in every war that this country has ever fought in. And that people have given their lives so that you can have the freedom to, to say what you want. And, and the freedom to defend yourself with a weapon if you choose. And the freedom to, to be anything that you want to be. And the least you can do is show that flag respect as the national anthem plays. And, and then on the other side, you've got people who are saying, look, Colin Kaepernick is standing up for something he believes in. That one of the things that that flag represents is freedom. Your freedom to live your life. Your freedom not to be oppressed by your government, which includes the police officers, by the way. And, and that your freedom to speak out about those things. And if something is wrong, that you have the right to try to gather people together to demand that we make it better. And so the question is, you know, who is right? Well, they're both right. People did fight and die for that flag, but they also fought and died for your freedom to speak out if something's not right here in this country. And so as we look at Colin Kaepernick's protest and we ask ourselves, is this okay? Is this the, the right thing for him to do? First of all, let's just step back because you come to this show because we look at it in light of our principles and we try to take all of our emotions out of it and we try to look at this objectively. So let's talk about our principles. What are our principles? Peace, property rights, and free markets. Was this a peaceful protest? Is he hurting anybody else? No, he's not. Is he impeding anybody's movement? You know, he's not standing out in the highway blocking traffic or anything like that, and he's not hurting anybody or injuring their property. So I would say that it's pretty clear this is a peaceful protest. So it falls under peace for this. Property rights. He's not damaging anything that anybody owns. He's not stealing anybody's stuff. He's not taking anything away from anybody. So, yes, under property rights, he's also good. Free markets. Is he stopping you from spending your money 
the way that you would like to, or is he forcing you to spend your money uh, in a way that you may not want to? And the answer there is also no. You are free to watch the NFL or not watch the NFL. You are free to buy a Colin Kaepernick jersey or not buy a Colin Kaepernick jersey. You are free to buy tickets or not to buy tickets. You are free to root for the 49ers or not to root for the 49ers. Either way, the choice is yours. And if it offends you so much what he has done, then you have every right and every ability to pick up the remote and press the power button and turn off the TV and go do something else instead. So, from the principles, it is peace, property rights, free markets. Kaepernick's protest is good under all of those. Uh, or maybe I shouldn't say good, it's, it's acceptable. We're, we will allow it, right? So, once again, taking the emotion out of it, let's move forward. What is the national anthem? What is the flag? Well, the national anthem is just the theme song for our country. It represents a lot, but ultimately, it's also something that we, as a people, just do before big events, for a lot of sporting events. And so, if you were watching this on Netflix, you might be hitting the skip intro button to skip over the theme music and get right to the part where they kick off, or right to the part where they say, gentlemen, start your engines. It's just a song. And the flag is just a piece of cloth. It's just a design, a compilation of white stars and red and white stripes and a, and a blue box up in, the, up in the top left corner. And if you look at it that way, it's, it seems kind of crazy, right? Why are we getting so worked up over a piece of cloth and over a song? And I think the, the biggest answer is in the book 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. I've mentioned this before. It's one of my favorites. Lots of interesting things to learn in it. And one of the things that he talks about is symbolism. You know, it's, it, it's really not just a song. It's, it's not just a flag. It's a symbol of something greater. And symbols have a special kind of power when it comes to the way that people view those symbols. So uh, even if we step away from the American flag and the national anthem aspect of it, and we, we talk about a different symbol, what about like the cross, for example? Now, the cross is a, a big symbol in Christianity and kind of a simple symbol of Christianity. But it's a little bit bigger than that, isn't it? I mean, it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And there are people who may not even necessarily be religious, who at certain points, if they're scared or sick or worried, that they may find comfort in that cross as well. And even if you were to ask multiple different Christians what the cross means you may get a bunch of different answers. Some people may say that it's forgiveness or that it's love or that it's justice. Um, back in the days of the Romans, that was how they crucified criminals. It meant death and punishment and pain. So when you take a symbol that's so well known and you realize how many different types of people can be affected by it, I mean, you've got Mother Teresa and... El Chapo and, and Ned Flanders all wrapped up around the same symbol here, right? Um, and so there's power in that symbolism because uh, words can, can a lot of times tell you uh, very directly what you're trying to communicate. You can oftentimes read words and know exactly what they mean and exactly what they're talking about. But when you bring a symbol in, it allows people's minds to fill in a lot of the blanks, and any of these symbols can mean so many different things to so many different people. 
And so if you think back to elementary school when you learned about the American flag, and of course they tell you that the 50 stars represent the 50 states, and we add a new star every time we add a, a new state to our nation. And, um, you know, the red and white stripes, there's 13 of them and they represent the colonies. And, um, you know, I don't remember white, I think represents purity and red is the the blood of people who died fighting to make our nation independent and free. Um, and blue, oftentimes it means royalty. I don't remember exactly if that, what it, what it has anything to do with our flag or not, but there are specific elements of it that represent specific things. But if you ask any American what the flag means to them, you're going to get, just like we talked about with the cross, you're going to get a hundred different answers. And with almost everyone, conservatives and liberals alike, a lot of times that's going to bring up a lot of kind of warm, wholesome feelings within them. And you may hear that it, it represents freedom or it represents the, the troops that have fought and died defending the flag or it represents democracy and it represents your right to vote and everyone's right to not be afraid of the police and military in their own homes that it it represents their right to aspire to be anything that you want to be that you can become rich beyond your wildest dreams and, and you can be president someday if you want and when people look at the flag it can mean any and all of those things and so when you pull it back in to this particular controversy over whether or not it is acceptable or whether or not it is disrespectful for Colin Kaepernick to kneel while the flag is being raised and while the national anthem is being sung, you can easily see how you're in a position where you can say he's being disrespectful because that flag is the veterans. And you can also at the same time be saying that he is absolutely being respectful, and he is in the embodiment of everything that flag means because he's standing up for his right to free speech, and he's standing up for the rights of African Americans not to be afraid of the police and to be afraid around the police. And so you have the left and the right having an argument about two almost completely different issues when it all centers around the one thing, the flag. Scott Adams talks about the way that we um, have so many presuppositions about the things that we see, and, and he, he calls it um, two movies on one screen, and that you can watch, for example, Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem, and depending on how you feel about the flag, how you feel about the national anthem, how you feel about Colin Kaepernick, how you feel about police, and how you feel about race relations, you can sit next to another person and watch the exact same thing on the screen and get two completely different stories and emotions and conclusions from that. Two movies on one screen. And, by the way, Scott Adams also added that Donald Trump took the position that he took on it, not just for the obvious reason, because of the veterans and um, you know the way that the, the Republicans kind of tend to pander to them a little bit, um, but also because Donald Trump was essentially choosing the winning side before the the matter had even been settled. So whether or not anything ever becomes of this protest that Colin Kaepernick had, you know, if we finally decide that we're going to have police reform and that we're going to, to get the police to stop being violent toward people and, um, you know, we're going to fix all of that, or whether Colin Kaepernick is completely forgotten about and, you know, we never hear from him again because he just fades into obscurity and nobody cares anymore, or... Even perhaps in the craziest scenario that, that Colin Kaepernick would become an American icon and that he would become one of the most famous people of all time and you know almost a, a Martin Luther King type person for civil rights, even then, 
the flag would still remain. So by Donald Trump choosing the side of the flag, I mean, if you think of the American flag, more people recognize the American flag than people who you know, know the name of George Washington or Martin Luther King or JFK or, or any of these people in our nation's history that are revered. The flag is still the biggest thing out of all of them. And so Scott Adams says that by Donald Trump choosing the flag, he was picking the side um, that was already going to be the winner no matter what. Because no matter how great or how insignificant Colin Kaepernick turns out to be by the end of his life, the, the flag is still going to be bigger. And so that still kind of puts Donald Trump, quote unquote, on the right side of history as it gets written down in the history books. Going back to this show's principles, free markets, um, the principle of free markets means that the president minds his own business and he doesn't tell a, a private corporation how to run itself. But um, you can kind of see a little bit of his method there for choosing his side. So where does that leave the rest of us? Well, when we look at it in the view of symbolism, I think you're able to see both sides of the issue a lot more. And we'll probably talk about this on another episode, but I think Colin Kaepernick is right to a large extent. You know, police are allowed to do essentially whatever they want. If you look up qualified immunity, qualified immunity means that essentially they're protected from facing charges or from being sued over anybody that they hurt or anybody that they kill or any property that they destroy. Um, any of those things that are done while he is on duty, most of the time, they're protected from those things. And they don't have a whole lot of things that they have to do to prove that they, they didn't know any better or that they were just doing the best they could. And that gives them a lot of freedom to hurt people or to take their stuff or you know to be extra rough with them or to harass them. At the same time, there are also a lot of people out there who are just jerks and sometimes who, even knowing full well that the police are able to do those things, will antagonize them anyway and will, you know, ignore their orders and, and may threaten to harm them or something like that. And, of course, if somebody's threatening to harm you, hopefully we would all agree that it's okay to defend yourself as needed. So there are two very complex sides to this and both sides get a lot of it right and both sides usually completely just miss what the other side is trying to say and a lot of it is because of this this two movies on one screen thing where you're just absolutely seeing completely clearly what you want to see and completely missing what the other side wants to see so what can we learn from this first of all symbolism is powerful symbolism is so powerful and if you are trying to move a group of people, a symbol is a great way to do it because it gives them the freedom to read into that symbol whatever they want it to mean. And it takes something pretty gigantic to change the mean meaning of that symbol. Um, you know, the only one of the only symbols I can think of that is kind of universally hated is if you think of the swastika. And even back in the 30s and in the, into the early 40s, you know, that was a symbol of German power and that was a symbol of German pride for them. And it, uh, it took losing a world war with, with more casualties than has ever been seen in the history of the earth. It, it took that monumental of a move to, to kind of change that swastika from just being, you know, a, a symbol of German pride and power to, you know, being a symbol of, of shame and, and genocide. So it is possible, but it takes a whole lot to really change those things as far as kind of the world opinion of it is concerned. So if you have a symbol, 
for example, your flag, your national anthem, it's going to be able to unite a lot of people around that, even if those people have very different values and very different perspectives in life. The other thing that I want to say is that while neither side is necessarily wrong, um, Colin Kaepernick could have gone about this a very different way. As we've talked about before, emotions are very powerful in, in the way of forming and holding your opinions. And as I mentioned, I think it was in the last show, this is kind of left over in our DNA from the time when we used to have to fear for our lives as we walked through the forest and we tried to decide whether or not this was a poisonous barrier, whether or not this was a predator that was had the potential to kill us. And so when we have an emotional reaction toward things, it is a little bit of a life or death feeling in our brains. And so when you have a set position on something and somebody comes at you, whether it be with facts, whether it be with different logic, whether it be with a different way of looking at things, any of those things, when you're emotional about it, you have a life or death type reaction to it. And you will absolutely reject um, any ideas or any facts that you don't agree with. And even if they may be, you know, false facts, some kind of false narrative or, or faulty logic, you're still likely to to kind of latch on to those things that you already agree with. And that's something that we need to be aware of. And that's why one of the reasons why we have our principles on this show is that gives us something to lean back on. So just in case we start to feel a little bit emotional because we're all guilty of it, hopefully that helps us pull the emotion out of it and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. We pride ourselves on peace, property rights, and free markets. So does this issue fall under any of those categories and, and does it violate any of those categories because if it does we know we should be against it even uh, in the case like I mentioned last week where you know conservatives are very pro-gun but you don't want to take the side of a gun manufacturer just because they're one of the good guys you want to do things the right way no matter what if you didn't listen to that episode it was a great episode make sure you go back and knock that out so with Colin Kaepernick I don't think there was anything wrong with him protesting police brutality you could definitely make the argument either way, whether or not they are they treat African Americans worse or not. And I'm honestly not interested in having that discussion. I, I don't want them to mistreat anybody, regardless of your color or how much money you have or anything like that. But by his pressing on something that is so important to especially conservatives, the the national anthem and the American flag, by doing that one of the things that he did was he pushed that button. He pushed that emotional button for them where they were going to fight back about anything that he did. Uh, whether he, he could have been kneeling to, to protest against the Democratic Party, but because he did it to something that was so important to them emotionally, um, he caused a very negative reaction no matter what. And so that was a really poor method of protest. Even if his reasoning was right, even if you give him the benefit of the doubt there, the method did not help his case any. One of the things that Michael Malice has talked about on, um, on a recent episode of You're Welcome, I think it was his episode with Jason Stapleton, he talked about how when you want to have a conversation with somebody, when you want to genuinely try to learn from them and, and to try to help them learn from you and to, to genuinely affect the way that they look at things, one of the things that you need to do is you need to start somewhere where you both have something in common. You don't just come at them with they're wrong and they hate America and they deserve to just be thrown out of a helicopter, Pinochet style, but instead come at them with the things that you agree with. Find something that you both like about this country. Find something that you both believe needs to be fixed. And from that point, 
help them to understand that you both want to find a way to make things better, that you both want to find a way um, to do things according to the same principles. And so by Colin Kaepernick pushing the wrong button from the beginning, he was not going to get anywhere with this protest. And I think that that may have been a mistake on his part. Now you can also throw in the, the football player argument of it, that his career was um, on its downswing when all of this started, and he was a, a quarterback for a bad team, and his contract was about to expire anyway. And um, maybe he saw that all, saw the writing on the wall, and thought that he could make more money or do better for himself transitioning his career to being a social justice warrior. And, you know, he got a $50 million contract with Nike, so he's doing better than I am. You know, I can't complain about it too much. But then we kind of fall into the argument of, you know, was he blackballed by the owners? Were they discriminating against him um, because of his activism and because of his protest? And and that's another thing that I think a lot of people get wrong is, is you know, they say, no, 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 they, they didn't bring him in strictly because he was a bad football player. And then, you know, of course, your people on the left are saying, absolutely, you know, they're absolutely blackballing him. He is a pro-level quarterback. He should be out there. There are quarterbacks that are worse than him. There are 32 teams out there. He deserves to be on one of them. Well, the NFL is a cutthroat business, and the quarterback is the hardest position and probably the most important position on the team. And they expect the quarterback to be studying and in his playbook and preparing for the game practically 24 hours a day and so if you have this guy you know is spending extra time outside of football doing whatever activism he does and you also know that reporters are going to be following him around wherever he is that's a distraction for the team and it's bad enough to have a distraction when the guy is absolutely fantastic but when it's possibly your backup quarterback that's causing the distraction because the coaches don't want the reporters asking the team what they think about the backup quarterback. They want to be asking them, you know, what are we going to do about this game? How are we going to win the next game? And on the flip side of it, to kind of jump towards somebody that conservatives loved, Tim Tebow was the same way. You know, he wasn't a good enough quarterback to back up the the media circus that followed him around. And they got so sick of hearing everybody ask, what's going to happen to Tim Tebow? Where's Tim Tebow going to play? When is he going to get his chance? Um, that Tim Tebow was just kind of pushed out of the league because they didn't care about it. And that's what happened here with Colin Kaepernick. So was he discriminated against? I would say, yes, he was. But we need to get past this idea that discrimination is always a bad thing, right? You discriminate all the time. I discriminate against the, the burger place that's closest to my house because they've screwed up my order one too many times. And so now when I think about where do I want to eat, that place has been pushed out of the conversation and I'm discriminating against them because they can't keep the freaking onions off of my cheeseburger. You know, you discriminate in your dating life. That's, that's probably one of the biggest areas where you discriminate. You know, if, if you are a straight male, you're not interested in dating other males. If you are married, you may not be interested in dating any other people. We discriminate all the time based on loads of different factors. And when you go to a job interview and they are interviewing you, they are actively discriminating against you and other candidates trying to figure out which ones they want to hire and which ones they don't want to hire. And you are oftentimes discriminating against them trying to decide whether you would want to work here in the first place. And essentially, when you have someone in a situation like Colin Kaepernick, who is looking for work among the NFL teams, they're going to be discriminating against people who are going to cause a distraction for them. Against people who may not be good enough to play 
or against people who have upset so many of the fans that they're worried about taking the hit in their pocketbooks because of signing this guy. And I'm here to tell you that that's okay. That's normal. It's something that we all do. Now, of course, on the other end, you know, if you're discriminating against someone for a bad reason, you know, hopefully we're all mature enough here to know that you can't make a lot of judgments about people just based on their skin color or their religion or or their sexuality or anything like that. When you discriminate for those reasons, it's it's dumb. You've done the wrong thing and people have every right not to do business with you if you mistreat people that way. But to say that business owners and employees alike don't engage in, in a little bit of discrimination is just wrong. And you would be wrong if you didn't do it sometimes. You want to find the best place to eat. You want to find the, the right place to live. You want to find the right person to date. And there's no possible way that you could weigh every single option that's out there. Instead, we use some of these methods to help us narrow these things down. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And uh, if you're traveling, make sure that you stay safe. If you are spending time with family members who believe differently than you, keep it civil, enjoy the food, and I will be back, who knows, in a week, two weeks, something like that, with more to talk about. But thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, share this show with your friends, rate me on iTunes if you can, and uh, I will be back soon enough. Until then, stay kind. Stay vigilant, stay free, get out of here.